Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Beyond Boba. So I know that we're your hosts. Um, my name is Angela, and this is the lovely Sophia. <laughs> uh, and since we're getting really close, oh boy, to final season, we'd like to talk about a subject that's pretty near, not so dear to, um, to our hearts because it's stressful. Uh, but it's something that you all might be experiencing right now or probably have experienced at least in the past, and that's high expectations and how our AP identities might kind of contribute to that and feed into those pressures. So just to start off, Sophia, I'd like to ask you about your experiences with high pressure and how do you think culture might have played into that? Yeah, so thank you for that lovely introduction. Thank um, you. But yeah, I feel like audience members can probably really relate to this episode because at least for me, um, like growing up, I grew up in the Bay Area and I went to a school that like if I'm tying it to my APDA identity and culture, I went to a school with a lot of other APDA identifying peers. Um, and I feel like that, like in combination with, you know, culture expectations of like, you know, feeling like I had to succeed or whatever, it made, it, I feel like I was raised in an environment where high expectations were the norm. And so I felt like there was a very long time there, like almost my entire like elementary school, middle school, high school experience where I didn't realize that like this enormous amount of pressure um, to like succeed and excel, not even succeed, to excel and be like the best in everything. I didn't realize that that was like an issue or I didn't realize that that was a problem or that you shouldn't be like constantly stressed out all the time because of these expectations. So I guess that's a very brief overview of like um, my experience with high expectations. But like, what about you, Angela? What was that like for you growing up? Mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting because I had a very different like high school um, makeup in that sense of mm -hmm. like there were very few APTA students at my high school. And so I think a lot of the pressure not only came from myself and like wanting to, you know, reach those expectations for families and other like teachers and peers um but also to have those stereotypes of being like oh since you're one of the few asian students at this high school you need to be like this smart kid or mm -hmm. automatically walking into a classroom and being like oh i i know these expectations are already being held up and it's almost emphasized because like me among my peers I was like kind of cast out as mm -hmm. different from this very start just because of like my cultural background yeah so did you feel like you know whenever you walked into a classroom and stuff like did you feel that your teachers as well as your like maybe non-APTA peers like expected things out of you just because you know you were Asian I think that definitely played a role into it yeah and mm -hmm. what's what's also pretty harmful about it is I think it snowballs, you know? You start off as like this smart kid. And for me, it was middle school because my middle school and high school were attached. It was a mm -hmm. weird thing. <laughs> um, but you, you, I started off in sixth grade with those expectations already. And then it just gets like higher and higher. And how are, when are you ever going to like stop being the smart kid? You know, mm -hmm. did that, did that kind of happen to you as well? Or was it a pretty constant thing? Yeah, so like you said, like we did have very different high school experiences in terms of we were 
like the amount of like AP to peers we had was different. And once again, I feel like my high school bred this environment of like, we are all overachievers or we are all here to excel in everything we do. Um, and I guess like what I have to say about that is like, for you, you mentioned how it felt like you were one of the very few like Asian kids that these expectations got placed on. But for me, it was like my entire school. And so I remember mm. like we would joke about it constantly. It would be like if someone did badly on a test and, you know, I didn't realize at the time that this was harmful. But if someone um like missed a question on a test or something or like answered a question wrong in class, we'd be like, oh, but you're Asian. Like, you know, you should do better. And we'd say things like that. But it was like totally fine because like everyone said those things. We were like, oh, we're all Asian. Like right. we should all be doing well, you know, X, Y and Z. And I guess just at the time, not realizing like how harmful of a narrative that is, because even though you're like telling jokes about it, that doesn't mean that it's not real or like, like, I feel like there's definitely implications behind that of, um, you know, how toxic of an environment it was of all these students constantly feel like they're competing against each other to be the best when like, how can like 50% of your school that is like Asian identifying like has these very high expectations because of their culture like how can you guys all be the best right um so I feel like that caused a lot of like tension among like ourselves during high school at least so yeah did that did that kind of come to a peak during college apps college apps yeah even before you you, like finished that sentence I was like oh yeah you saw the fear in my eye (laughs) Yeah, I like felt it coming up. Repressed memories. Honestly, yeah, college up season was like not good. I I really feel like it did lead up to that. Because um, once again, like I don't know. Like, I don't know what, um, you know, your high school experience was like, but at the from the high school that I came to, because like I, you know, live in the same city as Stanford, like every year there'd be like, um, like 12 kids going to Stanford and like you were expected Um, like everyone was expected to apply to like Ivy League schools and stuff like that. So I feel like there was enormous pressure um, to like be better than everyone or to feel like you had to exceed. Um, And I feel like that was like implanted in me from like a very young age. Like I remember being in middle school and everyone just saying like, oh yeah, like your high school, that's the academic one or that's the one where, you know, you have to excel or everyone expects you to be X, Y, and Z. And so I feel like... um, college apps was like a culmination of that because it felt like the first time that I was like this is such a toxic mindset but it felt like the first time I was like directly competing against my peers I guess um and where I feel like all of us I don't know I feel like for me at least it got to a certain point where like I didn't even know why I was like applying to these like quote-unquote such hard schools because it's like I didn't even want to go to them. It just felt like I was expected to once again, to like want to go to them or like to want to apply. Um, Yeah. And I felt like that's probably like a universal experience for a lot of kids at my school, but I can imagine for you it was different. So what was that like, at least during college apps and expectations? I think at my school, like the counselors were pretty happy when they heard that kids were even thinking about college. Mm -hmm. Um, But a lot of the pressures I felt were from like, family uh mm-hmm. and like relatives or people who knew my family I remember like the first thing that kind of happened when we entered college app season was my mom would go on like the Weibo or whatever <laughs> yeah, and yeah. she'd search up a list she had uh-huh. a list ready of like the top colleges in America exactly. and she's like so Angela you're gonna apply to like these right and she'd be like mm-hmm. top 30 things mm-hmm. and 
mind you, it's like I didn't it's like know. not even looking at the name of the college. It's just like looking <laughs> at the rank. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And my counselors would be like, so what are you looking for in a college? And I'd have to be like, well, I don't want to say rank because that just seems super, like, superficial. Uh-huh. Um, but they were like, what about your, like, college campus? Are you looking uh-huh. for a rural, suburban, urban? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like... That's not the point. <laughs> cows are fine, you know? Uh-huh. If, I'm, if, I, if my college is near farms sure if i'm in a big city sure but Mm -hmm. i never like had to think about that before right um because my whole life i was kind of just chasing after you like the ivy league dream exactly of you know like that stereotypical story of oh your parents immigrated here they they had like that long period of just working super hard um and going through all these trials and tribulations and their child finally gets into like harvard mm-hmm. wow and exactly. i wanted to be that kid growing up. Uh-huh. yeah i feel like you just like brought up something that's like also very important to note is like at least for me like my parents growing up they were never like the stereotypical asian tiger parents like i'm very Mm. lucky for that i guess like they never pressured to me to like oh you have to skip a level in math or like you have to do x y and z i felt like they were honestly like pretty hands-off in terms of me academically and so then that raises the question of okay well then why did i feel such high expectations if my parents were not actually physically pushing me and i feel like it's exactly what you just said of like although they never explicitly told me like you have to be the best or um like you have to exceed it was this feeling of we immigrated all the way here we like suffered so much like when we came here we had like five dollars on us and you know x y and z so it's the, it was like a never it was never a vocalized thing but it was like a yeah it, it wasn't something that had to be said it was just like we worked so hard for you like you better succeed now because it's like or else what did we do all of that for um, so I feel like that's a big layer of the pressure that I felt is like, although it wasn't said, it was um, kind of just always in the atmosphere. And once again, like going to a high school with a lot of other um, like children of immigrants, like specifically like um, Asian children of immigrants, I felt like everyone probably felt similarly. But what about mm-hmm. you? Yeah, I I definitely felt that kind of like pressure coming from yourself uh, mm-hmm. And kind of holding yourself to that, oh, I need to be this particular kind of someone, mm-hmm. um, even though, because pressure doesn't always have to come from like external factors and like expectations are just as rigid when they're set by like yourself as they are when they might be set by like some other figure. So I think that's mm-hmm. also a very important thing to recognize is that those high expectations can be built by so many different things. Um, but yeah, kind of moving on a little, now that we've talked about the expectations themselves, I know that we're both like pretty creative people. So mm-hmm. how have in some ways that you've used creativity or activities like that to kind of relieve some of that stress? Yeah, I guess like in high school, I had a very big creative outlet of like doing theater. Um, And I think like part of the reason I liked it so much was because like, well, this goes into like a very big other issue, I guess. But like, you know, there's not many Asian students who do um, like the performing arts, like theater specifically. Um, Mm. Like, I think just the theater 
here in the U.S. just lacks representation in general. But once again, that's a completely separate issue. But going off of that, it's like there were no expectations for me in theater because of that. It's just like, oh, like you are here to participate in this now. And yeah, I didn't feel the pressure of, oh, I have to be the best in this in order to so like I can get into the best college over someone else. It was very much just like this is just a community thing that I do for fun. And I feel like once you get into those later years of high school, there's very few things that you legitimately do for fun. I feel like everything somehow can be a t like tied to this can be a line on my resume or like how can I show this to college admissions people so that they view me in a better light. But like this was legitimately something that I just did for fun. And once again, it felt like there were no expectations there. Um, but like, what about you? What was your outlet, I guess, in high school to escape these kinds of expectations? Oh, I, I felt that so much when you said like you gravitate towards theater because there were less boundaries within mm -hmm. it. And I think that's really what drew me to creating like visual art, like sketching, painting, all of that. It was because, you know, from a young age when I realized that there were expectations surrounding like math and science and even like English trying to prove that, oh, that, you know, the one of the few Chinese kids isn't sucky at English. Mm -hmm. After I recognized those like expectations, art was something without that it was something that no one could say like oh that's objectively you know terrible art because mm -hmm. art can be anything um and also because there were less restraints on kind of how to go about it I felt that when I did art my creations were truly my own and they weren't just me chasing after some grand goal, but instead just something that I could use to, you know, creatively express myself and, you know, kind of do whatever. Like I could be, I could be subjectively bad at art. And there's always that, like, there's always going to be someone who looks at it and goes like, oh, that's like, yes, I, I feel that. I feel the vibes from that. Mm -hmm. um, or I, I always took that growth because I, I think in academics, a lot of times when I succeeded at like a grade or something, it was relief that I hadn't failed instead of true like joy that I had succeeded. Mm. And with art, it was purely just, oh, I've, I've done something that I've loved and I have this to show for it now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like some like to tie that into another like something else, it's like art is intrinsically motivated rather than like extrinsically motivated because yes. um, once again like you said like with the grades it's not about doing well it's about not doing bad right yes. um, exactly and why because of your gpa right or like because of how your parents or your peers might view you while art is legitimately something that like we both did for fun like outside of you know escaping those expectations and so like i know the two of us we've talked a lot so far about you know, the expectations that we felt in high school mainly and like, you know, during college apps and stuff. And how do you think that those expectations have changed at all for you? Like, do you feel the same kind of pressures? Um, have you learned new ways to deal with that? Yeah, I think it's it's a very different pressure now mm -hmm. from than from high school because it felt like before college, and after college are just like two very separate parts of my life, goal and expectation wise, because before college, it was always what college am I going to get into or how do I prepare for college apps? And that was the expectation. Um, but now it's the expectation has shifted to more of a, a broader 
like large scale what are you going to do with your life and like how are you going to contribute to the world um and so now I think on the on the scarier side of the expectation scale um it's kind of like how the world is expecting things from you instead of just your your teachers and like your parents it's now how are you going to you, like use your skills or talents to go towards society um but on the on the brighter side i think that also leaves you a lot of freedom to kind of craft your own expectations instead of always relying on the high expectations that were set um on you by others mm-hmm. but what yeah. about you i guess i also because it's exactly like what you said i feel like i Like, to be completely honest, like, I feel a great deal of expectations on myself right now, but these expectations are completely different than the kinds I felt in high school. Because like you said, in high school, it was, oh, I need to meet these expectations to not disappoint, to, like, not feel embarrassed around my other high-achieving peers, or I need to um, do well so that my parents aren't embarrassed of me when they tell their friends what college I'm going to. Like, things like that, right? Well, I feel like this past year and like being in college and feeling like my decisions matter more now, like what you said is like, Oh, now what am I going to do with my life? I feel like I've, and this is like kind of a depressing thought, but you know, in terms of identity and culture, I feel like I've been feeling a tremendous amount of pressure from society now, because although we all know that high expectations can have very dangerous and harmful effects on mental health, um, you know, and like causing burnout and things like that. I almost feel like as an Asian American, it's like unavoidable for me because although like I can, like I tell myself like, yeah, you stop working yourself so hard. Like you could be happier doing other things. Like the world doesn't treat me like that. Like the world sees me as an Asian person. Um, and I feel like there are still so many people in this country who like, you know, fall into the model minority myth of thinking like all Asians are successful. Right. And so like, that's where you, that's where you get experiences of people where I I don't know. I read this, um, I read this statistic somewhere where it was saying how, you know, they conducted a study and based off the, like the recruiter, if the recruiter knew the person's ethnicity, like whether they were Asian or whether they were white, they would like judge them differently. It's like, the white person only had to have like a bachelor's degree in order to get the job while the Asian person had to have a PhD or like a master's um, to be treated the same. And so that just goes to show that although I can relieve personal expectations off of myself, I feel like sometimes it feels so helpless because I can't change the way that others feel like I should act, which is that I must be overachieving constantly. And I guess that's where I feel a lot of I don't know, it feels like a very heavy weight on me recently because it's like that's something that I feel like me alone as a person cannot change, but something that like society needs to do better in general of just, you know, informing people that, you know, the model minority myth, although it sounds positive on the outside because it's like, oh, cool, everyone thinks you're smart, like how it's actually very harmful as like what I've just described, I guess. But yeah, Mm. what are your thoughts on that? I think burnout is such a real like side effect of the high expectations and the fact that like because of our AP to identity it does kind of continue throughout our lives of like if if we're in an office room for example and if we're the only like 
a PETA individual there, then I know a lot of people feel like, oh, I'm I'm representing something and I have to be like there are high expectations, maybe not on me by like the CEO or the other workers, but there's a there's the inherent expectation of I'm standing here representing like my APETA peers and mm-hmm. I need to hold myself to such a high standard in order to like disprove all the negative things about us mm-hmm. um, and like show ourselves in such a like good appearance in the world. But that can get just so tiring. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this kind of ties into something I always tell myself when I'm feeling burnt out um, and to cope with that. But I, I saw this thing somewhere where it's like giving your best effort does not equate to burning yourself out, not leaving any time for self-care and working on a project to the point where like you have no time or energy or passion for anything else. Like that isn't giving your all. That's literally just um, giving giving yourself away. Mm-hmm. And that's not a goal that we should be having And so I think whenever I notice these high expectations are just really like pushing down on me, I think I always try to take a step back and be like, how much, how much effort should I be giving? Mm -hmm. And like, if it's too much, then it's, it's difficult, you know, to, to realize that these expectations are out there and still not be breaking yourself to to meet them but I think that's something that a lot of people like have to do as well yeah that's a very powerful thing you just mentioned there because I feel like like I definitely still fall into that like if I even take I don't know like two hours to do something fun for myself like I feel guilty about it because it's like I'm not doing work but it's like why do I feel that way right because of you know just all these expectations um that like you know society places on me but also like I place on myself right mm-hmm. and I know that once again like the societal part and like how people other people view me like externally that's something that's really hard to change just like me by myself right so you know I turn to what ways can I cope with my own expectations of myself um like deal with that first before I like move on to um fixing how the world views me right um so what are some like individual coping mechanisms you use then to try to relieve yourself of these expectations? Yeah, I mean, other than just like the aforementioned telling myself that, you know, it's okay to not do like 120% of your effort on things all the time. Um, And art, I think another like thing I use to cope with these high expectations is just to talk to like family or friends who... Either like have also gone through this experience, and so they they kind of like know what's going on, and we can all take a breather from like the the heaviness of the world. Um, and also sometimes it's just it's really nice to know that even with these high expectations, like you're not alone, and there are people who are also feeling this and are also looking for ways in order to make those expectations more realistic. And not again, like break their back trying to reach them. Um, and it, there's there's power in standing with friends and family, and realizing that like these these pressures that society puts on you does not, you know, it doesn't change your value, even if you don't 
fit in that like perfect mold and that there will still be people who like love you and treasure you and your time regardless of where you are in that journey of like trying to you know fight society's societal Mm -hmm. expectations yeah I I feel like going off of that like something I've gotten much better at (laughs) like something positive um, but something that I've gotten a lot better at is like realizing that like success or like whatever measures of success you'd want to use whether it's what college you go to how much money you make in four years it's like that's not all that matters in life. Like, I'm starting to realize that, like, you know, what matters more than that? You know, like, sometimes taking a break or being happy, right? And, like, not to get, like, philosophical, because it's, like, if I'm only here once and I'm just living and I have a certain amount of years here, it's, like, why do I want to spend all of that chasing, like, arbitrary standards of success? So I know that's such an easy thing to say, but a hard thing to do. But I think it's, like, once again, what you said, just, like, taking small steps towards doing that, whether that means even yeah just taking two hours of your day or legitimately I feel like once you like like you said talking to people who feel similarly to you is just such a good way of relieving that stress or those expectations um and although I did go to a very competitive high school I guess I'm very at now I'm kind of thankful for that experience because that means I have peers and like high school friends who went through the exact same thing I did and now we can like now that we're, you know, it's been a year since we graduated. Oh my God, it's been a year since we graduated. <laughs> but now that we're like removed from the situation, we can look at it and be like, wow, that's something we did that wasn't healthy, right? Um, so yeah, like talking to peers is definitely a very good way to, you know, get some weight off mm. of you sometimes. Sophia, you know, you said we only live once. Are you suggesting <laughs> that we bring YOLO back? Yes. <laughs> yes. You heard it here. You heard it here. If there's one lesson we're taking from this episode, YOLO. Sophia, YOLO. YOLO. I feel like I'm in 2012. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's like, like, okay, the message itself, like the tagline itself is cheesy and stupid, but like, if you take the time to think about it, the message behind it is immaculate. <laughs> like, it, it makes so much sense. So you might as well just do it. Yeah. You heard it here. The message behind <laughs> YOLO is immaculate. Immaculate. <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, it is. No, but yeah. like, I know that we've been talking a lot about um, how to kind of help with those high expectations um, and individual coping mechanisms. Um, but it's also really important to recognize that a lot of these problems aren't things that like an individual can solve completely because a lot of it does come from external factors like societal pressures um, and just like like you mentioned, the model minority myth. And a lot of those things need a community and even larger than just one community to be able to impact. So we're not saying that like, oh, if if you like do theater or you go by YOLO your whole life, (laughs) that you're not going to feel high expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it is something to consider that, like we talked about, we both found comfort in, you know, forming these meaningful connections and relying on these connections um, and like moving forward in order to kind of have more realistic expectations for ourselves. Um, it's, it's important to kind of like move together with empathy, uh, and being united on this front to just kind of say like, oh, it's, oh, it's okay. Like support your peers, move together with them. Um, hopefully like 
don't stress too much about your finals. <laughs> Grades aren't yeah. all that matters. <laughs> you're, you're amazing, whoever you uh-huh. are. Um, but yeah, so you're amazing, whoever you are. YOLO. Amazing. <laughs> Yolo. I don't know what Sophia's doing something with her hands. I don't know. <laughs> you know, with that said, if we can give you a little spark of joy, um, shameless plug, because it's our own podcast. Uh, yes, if we you will go, be plugging ourselves. <laughs> we're plugging ourselves and we're proud of it. Oh. Um, if you go to bit.ly slash beyond boba five, which is the number of our podcast, uh, the, the number of our podcast episode, I'll do the grocery line thing. Again, that is bit.ly slash beyond boba five. You can have the chance to win some adorable sticky notepads and a strawberry milk pen case. It's very cute. I know. I'm honestly jealous I can't win it myself, but um, you should try and do it and then maybe give it to me if you don't want it. But <laughs> See, that's high praise. So um, if you fill out that Google form, it's really easy. Um, if you're a USC student, it's your name, email, and then just anything from this episode that you found fun or interesting you can earn the chance to win that prize. So mm-hmm. again, that is bit.ly slash boba 5 Thank you so much for listening to episode five of Beyond Boba. You're Thank amazing. You. YOLO. <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> yeah.